from America. You're listening to the Hip Hop Patriots. Jeremy Harrell. Morning, ladies and gentlemen, because there are only two genders, that's why I say that every single day. You're either a lady or you're a gentleman. Matter of fact, you're either a man or a woman. It's a shame that we have men competing in a worldwide global affair like the Olympics. But either way, welcome to Live from America. It is June 22nd, year of our Lord, 2021, and I am your ever-so-humble, God-fearing, but God-loving host, Jeremy Harrell. Although some people from yesterday might disagree with the ever-so-humble part but uh, I am willing to have a conversation, a debate, or an argument with anybody. And I got to say, yesterday we really came in with a bang. <laughs> I mean, I did not expect yesterday's shows to go the way they did. I did not expect to have um, uh, what happened happen. Uh, but I think we uh, it, it keeps us on our toes. And, um, you know, it's just the world that we live in as we... Uh, Follow our journey with Jesus. We'll say that way, okay? So uh, <laughs> so today's Tuesday, and you know, I, I was thinking about it this morning. I said, you know what really stinks about this is I just got home off vacation, and I already have to go hit the road again and go out on the Save America Freedom Tour next week. But the good thing about it is, um, is that I will be driving this time, so hopefully I'll have a little bit more time to be able to do more videos. Uh, even though that our other YouTube channel is gone, we still have the new one, which you should go subscribe to. It's LFA with Jeremy Harrell, and I will put the I'll put that link out again so that we can do live videos out on the road. I'll be uploading all videos as well, and you'll be able to catch me and Ben Berkwam on everybody else's show, like Steve Bannon's War Room, David Brody's Water Cooler, G, uh, Dr. Gina's show, and many, many, many others, plus our own live one-hour special events in each of the states, which is Michigan, Illinois, and Wisconsin. You can go to jeremyherald.com to the uh, live uh, LFA event page, and you can see exactly where, what time, and what dates we are going to be in those three states. And then there's also a Trump rally this Saturday in Ohio. I do have press credentials through Real America's Voice News. I'm going to try to leave a day early and get there, but we'll, I guess we'll see what happens. Um, I didn't have plans to... Uh, you're right. <laughs> you're right, veg, uh, vegetarian. You don't have to. You get to. That's right. That's 100% right. I didn't have plans leaving so early. Um, but I might leave a little earlier and get to that Trump rally since I have press credentials. Anyhow, so let's get to some live shout-outs, huh? Let's go to um, uh, Rumble for some live shout-outs. We're, we're, we're simulcasting on Rumble and YouTube. If you guys could do me a favor, this is the perfect opportunity to like on YouTube, Rumble on Rumble, copy the link, share, and if you're watching on any kind of mobile device, you can share right from there to all your social media platforms. I would like to thank RMA Apparel, uh, Advantage Specialties, and uh, Mountain Life Threads, the three uh, clothing companies and uh, embroidery and kind embroidery as well that we're working with to try to uh, get away from third-party companies as we do more and more mer merchandise. I would like to thank... Um, I'd like to say hello to Denise. How you doing? It's good to see you. Becky 80, it's good to see you as well. Corn Pop is in the building, as always, and I love... It's not the same without having him here, so thank you very much for joining in. Corn Pop, I know you were a little late yesterday. Amanda Collins. Amanda Collins, thank you so very much. She sent me another amazing piece of artwork, this time on a coffee cup, so I want to thank Amanda Collins. Let's have a little sip here. 
Yes, Jess D74. We have a new YouTube channel. Oh, she put the link in the comments, so that's great. I'd like to uh, also say hello to Chick73, which is Elaine. Good morning, everybody, from Daytona Beach, Florida. Sass64 says, shared as always, and she actually asked for a shout-out before the show started, and I said I'd give her one. So big shout-out to you. Tammy, morning, morning from Central Wisconsin. Wisconsin D uh, Dibble 60 from Michigan. Hello. Good to see you. Shout me out from Ohio. Love you and your show, which is Alexa 56. Big shout-out to you. Steve, Jeremy, we would love to have you into our radio show. Steve, just um, uh, email me. And just go. To, you can go to my website and email me, or you can just email me at jeremy at jeremyherald.com. I'd, I'd gladly come on your show. And let's see, one more shout-out from Rumble. Let's give it to Linda Kasiska from Kansas, and she sent some things here before via mail. So thank you. God bless you, and I love you very much. Let's go to YouTube, to Dara Yusin. I'm so glad you have another YouTube channel. Well, I did that just so that people who have a hard time with Rumble will still be able to watch the show. Renee Clorin from Texas, good to see you. Heather Heather Hradrick, good to see you. Thomas Hammaker, Southwest Texas, need prayers for my law enforcement coming to the border. Yes, we have law enforcement from all over. Um, Different states are sending their law enforcement down to Texas and Arizona to help out. And what a great, noble thing to do. Robert Navavo from New Jersey and Kathy Laidhoff. Jeremy, you should make several backup YouTube channels for backup. You're right. I probably should. I probably should. I focus so much on other things that maybe I should focus on make, maybe having some backups. And Rosaria Barbera says, stay tuned with a bunch of American flags. I have a feeling she's talking about the interview that President Trump gave with my friend yesterday, David Brody, on the water cooler for Real America's Voice News. If you don't have the Real America's Voice News app, I suggest you go download it. Uh, you can just type in America's Voice News on, on both Android and Apple, and you can find the um, the app there. Or you can just go to America's Voice.news, that's America's Voice.news, on the web, and you can watch any any uh, any of the shows all day. It comes right up on the front screen, and you can just watch every single show. And David Brody's taken off. David Brody's show is really good. It's taken off. He's got a lot of humor to his show. I like what he does, and he had a great interview yesterday with President Trump. I would also, on top of thanking Amanda Collins for what she sent, I would like to thank Bobby Mannion. And Bobby Mannion sent me this book, okay? Check this out. The American Covenant. And Kirk Cameron is involved in this. And apparently, during one of Kirk Cameron's new... Um, pod, he does a, uh, a podcast or a show, Fireside Chats, really. Um, and uh, since Kirk Cameron is part of Living Waters with Ray Comfort, it was really good to get this um, from Bobby. And says this, recently Kirk Cameron did a Facebook series... 100 Days Campfire Revival. This is the fantastic book he taught us from. I'm sending you this copy because I feel you will enjoy the um, the correlation. I believe that, oh, the I think it says correlation. Correlation of God and our country and the Founding Fathers. When you have the time, please enjoy. I am an avid listener of your show. I watch wherever I find you. I posted that this week. I'm a full-time caregiver to my Vietnam veteran, um, and, and God bless you for, for, for taking care of somebody who fought for our country. My Vietnam veteran husband of 45 years. He has dementia now since 2019. He doesn't understand all that's going on today how, and how serious it is. 
I inform him through your show each day. I'm sending you this, and I know that you are on vacation. I also know that you receive a lot of mail and packages. That's okay. Just wanted your family to have a copy of this. Um, it's very educational. God bless you and your family. Bobby and Mannion, thank you so, so very much for this. And uh, I know that I will enjoy it, and my wife will enjoy it too. And I want to say God bless you. God bless your husband. Thank him for his service for us. And uh, you just keep doing what you're doing, okay? And I'd also like to thank a few more people here. Patrick Merrick for your donation this morning. I saw Karen Bistow for your donation. And Daryl Lee Johnson as well for your kind and generous donation to the show. So the tr show can maintain its uh, its growth. And uh, I just can't believe the the dedication that you guys give to the show so we've got about four thousand people watching on rumble right now i want to thank you guys all for getting this out as much as possible let's see if we can get this up to somewhere we did like yesterday which was seven thousand and i will go ahead now and i will give all of our attention by reading the verse of the day to our lord so please this is the time of the, sh the time period of the show where you just take a deep breath you just let it all go the, argument, the arguing of yesterday, the stress of yesterday, the anxiety of yesterday, the anxiety of thinking about the future because we only live right here, today, right now. So we don't need to worry about any of, of, of the past or the future. What we have to do is focus our attention on God. So today, I actually have my verse of the day coming from Matthew 29, or 24, 9 through 14. That's Matthew 24, 9 through 14. And the reason that I chose these verses today was because it actually tells us when Jesus is going to come back. You know, everybody says, man, I, I, it's been 2,000 years. When's Jesus going to come back? I wish I knew when Jesus was going to come back. We actually know when Jesus is going to come back. And if you're not part of the newsletter, please go to jeremyherald.com and subscribe. Because Jesus tells us exactly when he's going to come back in these verses. Okay? So let's go ahead and read from Matthew 24, 9 through 14. It says this, Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere. And the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. I want to stop it right there and I want to rewind what I just said. And I want to repeat that very same sentence that I just said. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Wow. Goes on to say, And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. The good news about the kingdom, which we call the gospel, will be preached throughout the whole world, so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. So what I did is I prayed on that ver those verses, I read them over and over again, and then I came to this conclusion, which is what I wrote next. And it says this, Preaching the true gospel, the good news, isn't easy. I always wondered if it was true that you would be hated by many for spreading the words of Jesus. I now know it to be true firsthand. 
Jesus was the greatest teacher and prophet of all time because he was and is God. So here we get another taste of Jesus telling us exactly what will happen if we follow him and his words. It's a very narrow path. In these verses that I just read, Jesus also tells us exactly when he will come back. We are seeing some of what he said already. People are being arrested all over the world right now, even in Canada, for preaching the gospel. They are being arrested. They are being financially destroyed. They are being wrongfully imprisoned and fined. Christians are being killed in the Middle East and in Africa for openly showing their love and devotion to Christ. And in Russia, you can get in trouble for preaching the gospel outside of the confines of the church. In America, fellow Christians seem to hate you more than non-Christians. Jesus tells us here that he will be coming back when the gospel is preached to the entire world. There are still many nations who have not heard the good news. I actually wrote heart, so that was a, it was a misspelling there. There are still many nations who have not heard the good news. Our job is to spread it wherever we go and to preach to the entire world. And once the whole world hears it, that is when Jesus will return. So keep spreading the word, folks. It's our duty to help the return of the one true Messiah. In Jesus' name, amen. And folks, I got to tell you, those verses hit home to me today. They really, really hit home to me today on a bunch of different levels. But really, when it comes down to what Jesus said, how you will be hated, persecuted, killed, imprisoned, looked at the way people are looked at for just preaching what he preached. Now, I'm not a prophet at all. There's a lot of prophetic pastors, prophetic ministers, priests out there. I don't, I don't know anything about that kind of stuff. All I do is read the word. All I do is, is what I feel my part is to spread the gospel. I hope it makes a difference. As a matter of fact, I know it makes a difference because people send me emails by the thousands telling me that this show, because of the grace of God and how he's using me in different and weird ways, has helped them come to Christ. I'm not saving you. God is saving you. No matter if you hear it from me, Ray Comfort, Ken Ham, or anybody else who's amazing who watches this show, it is not them who save you. It is God who saves you. And yes, Cater Lynn says, Tonight, uh, tomorrow night is episode six of The Chosen. What a great show. And if you can, please donate some money to The Chosen because just like here, they're completely viewer funded and they don't take any money from major corporations to get their, their, uh, the message out. And The Chosen is a wonderful show because of that. The Chosen is a wonderful show because of that. Um, Amanda Collins says, wow, very powerful stuff. You know, we always wondered when Jesus was going to come back. But again, when you have questions, just keep reading. Just keep reading. Because you'll always find your answer. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's please take off your hats if you're wearing one. And let's go to the Lord by saying the Lord's Prayer. And then we'll get started with Live from America. So please join with me from all over the world, all over the country right now, thousands of you who are watching the show, and let's all say it together. Here we go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Okay. 
Who is ready for Live from America? YouTube, are you ready? Everybody who's listening on the podcast, you ready? People who are watching on Rumble, are you ready? Well, in the famous words of Michael Buffer, let's get ready to rumble! Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, the first and foremost section of today. Let's go ahead and talk about what is going on in our nation's capital, which, by the way, is not a state, even though they will be hearing today... um, They'll be hearing arguments to make it a state. It is not a state currently, but Mayor Bowser is running it like she is a dictator or a governor, like Andrew Cuomo. It looks like she's taking her cues from the people who are really in charge, okay, um, of the states that, that have that liberal left-leaning view. Because Mayor Bowser is treating, as allowing political prisoners in D.C. to be abused both physically and mentally and emotionally, actually. Now, the crazy thing about D.C. when you are in jail is you are not sentenced. There are no convicts, no convictions if you are in jail in D.C. If you are in jail in D.C., you are truly and literally waiting for trial without bail. And from what I understand from not only Suzanne Monk, but many, many others, many others in D.C., is that the people that are uh, that are imprisoned in D.C., whether they're political prisoners, like from January 6th, or whether they're lawbreakers, whatever, they are being massively abused, and not only abused, but they are being treated like lab rats. So, this morning, I had a nice conversation with a good friend of mine, Suzanne Monk. Some of you might know who Suzanne Monk is. She's a wonderful patriot. She puts God and country first before herself, before anybody else, and she will help anybody at the drop of a dime. Suzanne Monk lives in D.C., and she's got the scoop on what Mayor Bowser and the Capitol Police and the guards are doing to prisoners in D.C. So I said the best thing to do was to call her, get her on the phone, and hear what she has to say about what's going on, because she can relay it to me all you all she wants, but she will not, I will not be able to give the information to you better than she can. So I'm going to give her a call right now, put her on speakerphone. Hello, this is Suzanne. Hey Suzanne, it's Jeremy, how are you? Hey Jeremy, how are you? I am well. Well, I, you are uh, live on Live from America, so if you'd like to say hello to everybody, we got about 6,000 people watching. It's your, it's your time to say hello. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in and listening to my friend Jeremy. So, Suzanne, you and I have been friends for quite a while. Jeez, um, yep. must be 2016, somewhere in that area. Yep. And uh, every time you and I get together for something... Uh, we make a difference. I think so, anyway. And we try. Uh, we try exactly. And, and 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 then when we we part ways, we go off and we make a difference the way we know how. And then we come back together and share stories and, and share strategies. Um, one thing that really, uh, one thing that I love about you, Suzanne, and I know I've told you this before, is your dedication to this country, your dedication to God. Even if it means sacrificing yourself, you've done it for me, you've done it for others. And now, it looks like you're sacrificing your safety and reputation once again, where you live, to expose what's happening in D.C. as it pertains to uh, the prisoners 
who are not convicts yet because they're not convicted, but yet they're political prisoners, they're people who broke the law, they're just people who are being held without bail in D.C., and you have the scoop on how they're being treated. And I guess this is my time to just let you um, basically tell the whole audience that's watching and hearing and listening right now what's going on. Well, Jeremy, I, I, I appreciate the, the lead-in. And to be honest, though, uh, you know, I am fortunate enough to wake up today not in a 10 by 10 foot cell where I'm going to be held in solitary confinement for 23 hours today because I'm unwilling to get a, an experimental vaccination. That's the situation we have in our jails. We, starting with the COVID protocols, there are so many layers of this and I'm going to go through it quickly. Starting with the COVID protocols from the first day of shutdown, our DC detention center, which is where we hold people waiting trial, has been in 23-hour-a-day solitary confinement lockdown. These folks were not allowed visitations from their family or their attorneys. They were not allowed to leave their cells. They didn't go outside. They were not allowed barber services. As an inmate, you don't get nail clippers, and you can't you don't get a razor. You have to go to the barber for those services. They shut all those services off, and we're giving inmates basically nair, chemical hair remover, and replacement of a razor, and a replacement of shaving their face. Uh, and this is the base condition that these uh, individuals were, were in throughout 20, uh, 2020 in the shutdown era. Now, uh, once we get to January 6th, we've added you know dozens, possibly hundreds of patriots into that level of condition. Now, on April 19th, the Washington Post wrote an article about these, these travesties, these human rights violations going on in the jail, and Muriel Bowser changed her policy, her COVID policy. And the policy now is as such. If you have been vaccinated, you might get some freedoms. You'll get freedoms to go outside. You'll get freedoms to use the barber. But if you are unwilling to be a lab rat, you are still locked into 23 hours a day, solitary confinement, waking you up at 3 a.m. to go take your daily shower. This is the kind of thing. And we add to that now in that condition. We have political prisoners who are being beaten, who are being violently abused. Uh, a gentleman... Uh, by the name of Ryan, I believe. Uh, there on January 6th, he's been held, and they literally took him out of his cell in the middle of the night, zip-tied his, his hand, and two correctional officers beat him to the point where he has lost the use of his eye. They crushed, they cracked his skull. Wow. So we have not only egregious human rights violations as the standard policy, but then you start peeling back that secrecy, those layers of secrecy, and we have utterly criminal uh, correctional officers that are serving under the guidance and, and pay of Muriel Bowser that are now torturing political prisoners for their political beliefs. So, so hold on, so hold on, Suzanne. So, before we get into the political prisoner part of January 6th, let's just back it up again real quick. So, you're telling me that these prisoners are being locked down 23 hours a day as if they're high-risk you know, escape artists, you know, or, 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 or solitary confined prisoners because of COVID restrictions. That's why they're locked down. And then because of these, quote, COVID restrictions, they are denied having razors. They're denied the exercise they need. They de they're denied the, clean, the, the access to, 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 to showers the way that they're supposed to be. They're, they're denied all of everything just because of COVID, not because of the way they acted or got in trouble in jail. That's what you're saying? That is exactly correct, including not getting access to regular medical treatment. Uh, folks are not getting their, their standard care. 
and we only had 60 cases of COVID in the jail. So 60 out 60 out of 15 60 out of 1500, right? Right. It would have been easy to quarantine those individuals and continue to allow. I mean, Nancy Pelosi can go into a uh, salon and get her hair done. I think we could put a mask on an inmate so he can get his toenails clipped. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The procedures that we've put just our standard uh, individuals and. And I remind you, these are individuals who have not been convicted of their crimes. They are awaiting trial. So they're innocent until proven guilty, right? I mean, that's the way it's supposed to be, right? That is what America is supposed to be. And, you know, frankly, we don't even treat our our terrorists in Guantanamo Bay uh, with this kind of situation. I mean, this is literally the kind of stuff we were screaming so much about uh, over in Iraq when we saw those violations against terrorists. This is the kind of stuff that is going on right now here in America, in the nation's capital, and, you know, we're just barely starting to hear about it. So, and so you, now you said that the people that have direct authority over Mayor Bowser when it comes to the way these prisoners are being treated is Congress, right? Yes. Congress is, we as a district, we are not a state, Congress watches over us. And I'm very proud of uh, Congressman Comer, James Comer from Kentucky, he is the ranking Republican on the House Oversight Committee. He has written a letter to Muriel Bowser, asked her to, to answer for her policies. She has ignored him. And so I've been reaching out to Congress people uh, on the right side of the aisle, and frankly, we're going to start reaching out on the other side as well, just to put pressure on these Congress members to do their job. It is their job to watch over the district. Congress with the swipe of a pen and a, uh, you know, five people in Congress could change this policy here in the district. So uh, we're actually asking people to reach out to their Congress folks and let them know this is going on. A lot of people in Congress are just unaware like many of us are. So let's get to the January 6th prisoners. Now, I have friends who are actually locked up because of this. Okay, um, not friends, but associates. Let's say we live. I mean, we live in a we live in a pretty big echo chamber, right? We can we everybody knows everybody in, in this patriot community. I have friends, uh, associates, people that I know who have been locked up uh, in D.C. and 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 released. Some people have been released, um, but they're kind of cooperating exactly what you're saying. They're saying the same thing that that the January sixth uh, people who are locked up in there right now are being treated worse than anybody else because of their political affiliation. It literally sounds to me like it's Venezuela or Cuba or North Korea or Iran where political prisoners are being beaten and being savagely treated uh, because of who they support politically. Is that true? Yes, that is exactly true. And the way D.C. Uh, detention center works, we part of the correctional officers are hired directly by the city. Part of them are a private contract, like they're a black rock for uh, correctional officers. So there's even less oversight from that from that sort of group, and I believe, frankly, more in, in involvement with uh, the federal government and their their interest in actually pressuring these individuals. All of these folks, weirdly enough, though they've been shut off from visitation, they're not getting letters, they're not being allowed to receive their mail, but they are being given uh, pads, iPads, to communicate. Uh, text at sort of the whim of, of the correctional officers with a real suspicion that the reason that is they're trying to further entrap these individuals just by talking to their friends, just by talking to their family members. It's utterly, uh, it is a banana republic 
style socialist, Marxist, Maoist kind of situation we have with our January 6th folks that are over there because the, F- the, the federal government is certainly using their incarceration in a criminal fashion to further fish for information to charge them with, and they're not getting access to, uh, to legal help. Many of them are not even being charged. They're being held, but they have not yet been charged. Uh, and their public defenders, I've heard in many cases, they're assigning these liberal public defenders here in D.C. Of course they are. Who have no interest, no interest in helping these people uh, beat these charges in any way. So it's a, it's a travesty of justice across the board when it comes to the conditions, but when it comes to the legal process we're putting the January 6th uh, detainees under, it is, it is utterly illegal. Now, you've talked to Marjorie Taylor Greene about this, correct? Yes, I have talked with Marjorie Taylor Greene. We've talked with Congressman Kat Kamek. We're reaching out with Congressman Lauren Bobart. We've reached out to uh, Congressman Gosar, I believe. I've been calling Congressman James Comer from Kentucky's office every week for the past month. Uh, And starting today, uh, I will be reaching out to every single member of Congress that I can get in touch with. It's gotten a little harder because uh, the email system no longer allows me to email Congress people. You have to have an address from their district to use the email form. So I've been recommending folks look up the fax number to their to these Congress people, and we can actually fax them. And a lot of your email programs do that for free right now. So we've had to go around their little their little loopholes. They're making it harder and harder yeah. for us. Yeah. Well. Of course they are, and, and and we're supposed to have access to be able to access them through many different means. You know, they're not supposed to be able to, to cut us off from that stuff. So would you say that everybody who's listening right now, and we have people who watch from every state, um, we're pretty we're, we're pretty all about action here, as you know. We uh, this The audience for Live from America really does a lot to change a lot. So would you say getting a hold of their representatives in their states and demanding somebody look into this and, 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 and fix this situation would be a lot of help to what you're trying to do? It would be an immense amount of help. If you would all call, email, uh, fax, uh, carry your pigeon if you have to, uh, your Congress people and let them know, please look into the situation in the D.C. jail, the conditions for their inmates, and these political prisoners are being abused. And it is Congress's responsibility. It's not like you're asking them to do something that is outside of their legal purveyance. It is their responsibility to oversee the District of Columbia. So they have every yeah. authority to to change it. They could literally vote to change the policy. They could literally vote to remove my mayor if they wanted to. So all we're asking right now is of every congressional eye to take a look here at what's happening in the district. Yeah. If for no other reason we need to protect the basic American principle that you are innocent until proven guilty, that we do not violate human rights, that we, uh, even even once we have convicted someone, we are we are putting them in, in humane conditions. Yeah. We are not Venezuela. We are not Chairman Mao. Well, that's right. We've got to stop this behavior right here in America, right now, if for no other reason that our American soul, our American values are at risk. Right. Well, and the other thing too is we know that the uh, po- the prisoner system, the prison system in this country, is all for profit, and we know that these judges over the last few decades 
have started to put people in prison that shouldn't be in prison just so people can make profits off it. So nine times out of ten, you can't say, well, they, they did a crime. They deserve to be in there. Well, maybe maybe so, but maybe not. We don't know until they go to trial. But regardless, you don't treat them like this. You don't beat them. You don't bust their eye sockets so they can't see because of who they voted for. You don't do that kind of stuff. Not in America. You people up at 3 o'clock in the morning because that's the only time you're going to let them take a shower. You don't give people chemical removers to take the beard off their face. You don't keep people from the out of doors for over a year, 440 days, now going on 450 days, for the over 1,000 people in that, in that detention center that are unwilling to get the vaccine. And I just got to say, that has got to be some amazing strength for those people to resist the vaccine. I mean, it's one thing for us outside, you know, out here in the free world. We don't get a donut. Oh, no. We don't get a, a lottery ticket. Oh, no. It, it's certainly a lot harder to resist this experiment, this experimental pressure yeah. they're putting on us for this medication when the, the reward is getting out of yourself. Well, I mean, and, and we've already seen Democratic um, officials and people at the CDC go on liberal news stations and complain that we don't have a carrot to dangle if we start opening up everything. We don't have a carrot to dangle if we start letting people go to places where, un, where people shouldn't go if they're not vaccinated. And it sounds like to me that the carrot that Mayor Bowser and, and the uh, prison officials there uh, are dangling is, hey, you can go to the yard, you can have a shower every day, you cannot be locked down every day, but let us jab you with the Fauci experimental drug. It is a violation wow. of the Nuremberg Wow. We are, Muriel Bowser is violating the Constitution when it comes to the way our inmates are being treated and our political prisoners are being treated. She is violating the Nuremberg Code when it comes to performing medical experiments on people who cannot, uh, who cannot submit freely to that decision because they are not being properly informed, nor do they have freedom to make that decision. And on top of that, I think she's violating the Geneva Convention when it comes to basic human rights, and that is happening literally but a few blocks away from our nation's capital building. Well, Suzanne, I want to thank you as always for, for doing what you're doing and, and keeping up the good fight that you're keeping up. Um, I love you so much, and I'm, I can't wait till we get to, to work together again in person and see each other in person, but you do me a favor, and I know you have been already. You keep me up to speed on what's going on down there. We'll call our congressmen and women, and we'll do what we can do on our end. You do what you can do on your end, and you just keep keep us informed, okay? I will, and you know, I love you as well, my patriot brother. We've been fighting the good fight, and nothing is going to change. This This patriot patriotism is now a lifestyle for many of us, and we are getting this country back, but it's going to take folks, uh, you know, being, being engaged, and I appreciate so much you getting your folks uh, riled up. Righteously so, and active on this issue, and I think we can really make a difference for those folks that are sitting in that detention center who do not have a voice themselves and do not have any way to make these changes. So let's help them when they can't help them. Suzanne, how can people follow you? Where at? Where do they follow you at? Uh, you can follow me uh, at uh, TrumpTalk.us. That'll just give you my social media, and I am currently putting together my new website, MonkDC.com. That's going to have access to all of the, the stuff, the videos, uh, my podcasts, and uh, drive-arounds we do here in D.C., just keeping people informed 
I'll have all that up so you'll be able to catch it. Guys, that's Monk. That's going to be MonkDC.com. That's M-O-N-K-D-C.com when she gets it up, and I'll let you guys all know. Suzanne, thank you so much, and I'll talk to you soon, hon, okay? Jeremy. Love you, my brother. We'll talk soon. God bless. See you later, hon. Bye-bye. Well, folks, there you go. Um, people in the, people in DC that are that are incarcerated right now who have not been convicted are being treated very very badly like animals. And if you were part of January sixth and you voted for Donald Trump or you're in any way a MAGA uh, person or an America First person, you're getting beat until your orbital bone is busted so you don't have any eyesight anymore. That's the kind of stuff that is happening. They're not giving them showers. They're not giving them access to outdoors. They're not giving them access to cleanliness. They're treated like dogs. And Suzanne has been on this for a while, and I wanted to make sure that we broke uh, that we, we we broke this story out even further. And she was also on Real America's Voice News this morning, and um, with Dave Carrere. And I want to thank Dave Carrere for having her on to get this out there. Now we need the larger stations to start picking this up. Okay. All right, folks, we are going to move on to the first Dum Dum Award of the Day. But before we actually throw the Dum Dum and play the Dum Dum music, I want to play for you the video so that you can see why this person gets the Dum Dum Award of the Day. And for the people on YouTube, you'll hear the audio. So let's go ahead and switch this over. And a battle over the Pledge of Allegiance erupted in Silverton this week. That's as Mayor Shane Furman suspended saying the pledge, and that led to a testy exchange with town trustee Molly Barella. The indirect threats, inappropriate comments in and out of public meetings, and the general divisiveness that she's creating in our community. Uh, we will not be doing the Pledge of Allegiance during Town of Silverton Board of Trustee meetings, um, and it's removed from agendas and or protocols until, until such time that we can discuss this at a board retreat or workshop. We already discussed this as a board. Any other unilateral decisions we need to know about? Um, if you'd like to find somewhere in the code that does not permit me to do this, then I welcome that discussion at our next But it's just been done for a long time. I understand. Because we all took an oath. And we as a board collectively decided it would be done. Uh, this is not up for discussion at this moment, but if you'd like to add it okay. to the next you know that, just do that. Thank you. You're welcome. Then during the public comment period, an individual said she wanted to recite the pledge. Two board members and a handful of attendees stood and recited it, prompting Fruman to say they were out of order. So what you just seen, ladies and gentlemen, was a mayor in Silverton, Colorado, by the name of Shane Furman, who banned the Pledge of Allegiance at board meetings. So, in good old American fashion... Courage is contagious, and the board members and the town decided that they would all stand up, rise, and recite the Pledge of Allegiance anyways. And that prompted the mayor, who is uh, of Silverton, Colorado, Shane Furman, who we're going to call probably on this evening's show, or maybe tomorrow, we'll probably do it on tomorrow's show when, when, when they're open and they can, and they can actually, uh, hopefully we can get somebody to answer the phone call. The phone call. Um, it, it, it prompted him to say that everybody was out of order. So while he was out of order, out of order, guys, out of order, out of order, uh, they continued to say the Pledge of Allegiance. So, in the famous words of Ronald Reagan... Just shut up and let us have good old-fashioned America. So, in light of that fact, let's go ahead and cue the music. <laughs> and I don't know if he's a Democrat or Republican, but I guarantee you anybody who wants to ban the uh, Pledge of Allegiance or any other thing that's American, 
is more than likely a Democrat. So, uh, moving on, I wanted to play for you today the interview that President Trump had with David Brody on the water cooler on Real America's Voice News. Now, I know a lot of you still don't watch Real America's Voice News. I definitely urge you to do that. It is growing so... It's actually growing faster than OAN or Newsmax right now. Um, and maybe because they had, uh, you know, less viewership, but they have doubled in the last three months their viewership, and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's gotten so big that it's caught the attention of President Donald J. Trump, who went on David Brody's show to talk a little bit about what's next. Now, what I love about David Brody, and I, I, I'm friends with David, and I, I, I'm soon to be a co-host, uh, not on David's show, but on, on Real America's Voice News. I'll soon be a colleague, I should say, of, the, of David Brody. What I like about David Brody is he's got a sense of humor. He's funny. He's a regular, everyday, average person, just like you and I. And he actually asked President Donald Trump the questions that you would ask him. The questions that I would ask him. Not the, not the tired, same, lame, fake news, media questions that you hear from everybody else. I'm talking real questions that we want to know the answer to. So I am going to play, ladies and gentlemen, about, I don't know, six, seven minutes maybe of the uh, interview with David Brody and Donald Trump now so that you can hear it. And I know some of you have heard it, some of you have not. Um, if you've already heard it and you don't want to hear it again, well, you can switch over and, and uh, watch something else for a minute and then come back. But I do want the people who have not had the opportunity to hear this interview to actually hear it firsthand. So let's go ahead and bring this up for you. <clears throat> it was an incredible interview, and i got to say, David Brody, he's, he's been getting more high-profile interviews lately. And the one thing that I can't wait for when I get to Real America's Voice News is the access to higher-profile uh, interviews, not because I want to replace the people that we already interview, because we're always going to keep the same people, but so that we can ask the questions to the people that we really want the answers from. And that's what I'm excited about. So, without further ado, folks, here we go. And welcome to the Water Cooler, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Hope you had a great weekend. Glad to be back in the anchor chair after some time off in Florida. It's Monday, June 21st, 2021. We begin with the newsmaker of newsmakers, President Donald J. Trump. The 45th president of the United States is with us on the Water Cooler today. He may not be sitting in the Oval Office, but you can easily make the argument that he's just as influential today. Here's our interview with the president. Mr. President, uh, we've known each other over a decade. Uh, we've interviewed countless times. It really is an honor to have you on the water cooler today. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you, David. Thank you. I want to start with something you told Sean Hannity uh, last week. The headlines were about how you admitted defeat in the 2020 election when you said we didn't win. Is that an accurate headline? Did, did you admit defeat? I just want to understand that. No, I never admitted defeat. We have a a lot of things happening right now. I think that that was an election that was, I don't think, all you have to do is read the newspapers and see what's coming out now. No, I never, the word is concede. I have not conceded. Right. So I want to ask you about uh, Georgia and uh, Arizona, the audit going out there. What should happen in your mind if Arizona and Georgia come back with fully verified evidence of voter fraud? That, what do you think should happen? Well, I think they will come back with that, and I think uh, other states are also going to come back with that, and it's going to be uh, determined what's going to happen. That's not up to me. That's up to the public. That's up to a lot of people, I guess. But uh, if the election was determined to be a fraud 
and it's looking more and more like that uh, is the case. I mean, people are going to have to make a determination as to what's going to happen. Right. So I want to clarify something because I have to tell you, and I, the last time I checked, I don't want to listen to the mainstream media. Uh, their headlines are ridiculous. There is talk out there uh, by a certain segment of the MAGA faithful. They truly believe you're going to be somehow reinstated in August. There's actually a poll out, a morning console poll that says 30 percent of America, or excuse me, 30 percent of Republicans uh, actually think that as well. So can you set the record straight? Do you believe you could be potentially reinstated at that point? What's your view? Well, just so you understand, there is a large, I've been seeing those same polls, they're not my polls, they're polls taken by, I guess, media and others, and there is a tremendous percentage, much higher than that, that think the election was rigged and stolen, and uh, I don't uh, I don't speak for other people. I can only tell you what I say, and, you know, frankly, this isn't unique, because uh, Hillary Clinton went around saying it, and uh, Stacey Abrams is still saying about her race in uh, Georgia. So this is nothing that's totally unique. But I will say that uh, in this case, uh, there was uh, they had no evidence. In this case, there's massive evidence. It's coming out of Georgia. It's coming out. I mean, just take a look at what's happening. Read the papers. Now, a lot of the mainstream media, in fact, almost all of it refuses to cover it. And they, why, I don't know. It's all Pulitzer Prize material, but they refuse to cover it. But you take a look at the uh, numbers coming out of Arizona. Now, they're doing an audit right now. I have nothing to do with the audit. The audit is, uh, is taking place. It's the state senate. And I think they're great patriots, frankly, if you want to know the truth. But the state senate of Arizona, they're doing an audit. I don't know when it's going to be released, the numbers, but... I would imagine they'd be very revealing, and Georgia likewise, and Pennsylvania is, uh, I, from what I heard, starting an audit because they've found things that they are not happy with. No, these numbers, I think, are going to prove to be massive. Yeah, but what about the reinstatement part? Is that is that bogus? Well, that... I'm not going to comment on that. I'm going to just see yeah. what happens. If okay. uh, the election was fraudulent, uh, people are going to have to make up their own minds. It's not going to be up to me. It's going to be up to... Uh, the public, it's going to be up to perhaps politicians. I don't think there's ever been a case like this where hundreds of thousands of votes will be found. Uh, so we'll have to see what happens. Okay, fair enough. Uh, on 2024, you've always been asked these 2024 questions. I know you're getting tired of it. So there's been talk now about you becoming Speaker of the House in 2022. Is that something that you would seriously even consider? Or can you say right here, right now, that you don't have any interest in that? Well, I've heard the talk, and it's getting more and more, uh, but uh, it's not something that I would have uh, considered, but it is certainly there's a lot of talk about it. I have a good relationship with Kevin, and uh, hopefully we will do everything traditionally, but uh, the, uh, the election was a, a, a horrible, horrible thing for our country. The whole world is watching. And it's been a horrible, you know, we were always known for free and fair elections. Well, it turns out they weren't uh, free and they weren't fair, and the world is watching. So I, I have seen talk about that, but it's nothing that I've ever considered. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, on 2024, by the way, here, here's my take, and I, I'm curious to get your take. Would it be accurate to say that if a supermajority of the candidates that you're supporting right now, if they win in, in the midterms and Republicans take back the House and the Senate, uh, that would make it more likely that you would run at that point? Is that true? What do you think? No, I don't think so, but I think that's what is going to happen. My endorsements have meant a lot, 
we're almost undefeated, very close to undefeated, and hundreds and hundreds of endorsements. Uh, people win. Uh, we just had the Republican Party chair in North Carolina and in uh, Georgia and other places. We just had congressional candidates. But, I mean, hundreds of endorsements. And our record is, I think, unmatched anywhere at any time. So I'm working to gain the majority first. And I think it would be, I think it's very important that we do that. I don't know that would have any impact on my decision, however. What would have that impact on your decision? What's going through your mind on that? A lot of people want to know. Well, I think I'm just looking at uh, what's going on. I'm very unhappy with what's going on. I look at the border where people are coming in by the millions. It's going to be by the millions very soon. Mm. It already is. Uh, and I look at uh, other things, how our country is really, it's America last. I was America first. I look at it, and I see what's happening, and I'm not happy about it. So we'll, we'll make that decision, and I think people will be very happy with the decision I make. I know there's a lot of people uh, that have been talking about you running in 2024, uh, and you, look, you know the deal. There's a lot of people talking about Ron DeSantis and the job he's doing in Florida. What are your thoughts about DeSantis running in 2024? What do you think of that? I think Ron's very good. I endorsed him, and uh, when I endorsed him, he went up like a rocket ship. He understands that, <laughs> and he's doing a good job. We have a number of people that are doing a very good job. Ron's a friend of mine. He's been he's been great, and uh, we have. Uh, I just endorsed, as you know, the governor of Texas for that race, and uh, we have a lot of other endorsements out there. We have some great people in the Republican Party. You know, I don't want to listen to the New York Times. They always like to write about the relationship between you and Mike Pence. Can, can you explain that to us right now? There's a portion listen of to the this. MAGA crowd. You know the deal. They're never going to forgive uh, the vice president for not kicking uh, those certain disputed election results back to uh, state legislatures. What's your, what's your take on Mike Pence and, and, and how, uh, what's the relationship like? Well, I've uh, always liked Mike, and I'm very disappointed that he didn't send it back to the legislatures. When you have more votes than you have voters in some cases, and when you have the kind of things that are uh, that were known in many cases, they were known then, but they're certainly getting better and better known now. Uh, I was disappointed that he didn't send it back. I felt he had the right to send it back, and uh, he should have sent it back. Uh, that's my opinion. And I think if he did, I think those legislate—look at Pennsylvania now, look at, look at Georgia, look at uh, Arizona, and look at others. They're all now looking at what happened during that election. I think you would have found that uh, you might very well have a different president right now had he sent him back. Interesting. Listen, you're going to hold a rally in the Cleveland area this coming weekend. You're uh, going to support a candidate— who is taking on someone, that Congressman Anthony Gonzalez, who voted to impeach you. Is this like a, a revenge tour across the country for you? How do you see it? No, I just don't think Gonzalez is good. I don't think he represents the people. I think he's uh, not somebody that uh, uh, thinks the way I do and others do. And frankly, I think that the uh, young man running against him, Max Miller, is is excellent. I worked with him for a long time. Now, I'm just going to fast forward here a little bit because I really want you to hear the end, okay? So let's get to the end here quick. Start to the crisis. Uh, by the way, they don't even call it a crisis. I'd say go back to what we were doing. It worked. Not so easy to get back there, however. I had to go through court cases, litigation. We had to win a lot. And uh, stay in Mexico was a very big deal. And we got that, and we got all the other things, and now it's all been uh, blown up and you have millions of people coming into our country, just in case you're 
not aware of it, millions of people. And many of those people come out of prisons. They allow them to come out of prisons and other places. Uh, what's happening on our border is beyond a crisis. And maybe they won't call it a crisis, but it's beyond a crisis. I've got to ask you here at the end, there's a lot of faithful, uh, not just Trump supporters, but obviously faithful Americans who have lost uh, hope uh, in this country. Uh, what, what do you tell them? How do you, how do you have them keep the faith Listen in these to this. tough times? I tell them to stay tuned. Now, what does that mean? You, I have to ask you a follow-up on that, Mr. President. <laughs> stay tuned, that's all I get? That's what you get. That's what you get. And it's, uh, we'll see what happens. Our country is, uh, is in crisis. And we are, what's happening with other countries, they're eating our lunch. They're destroying our country at the border and elsewhere. Yeah. So stay tuned. Let's see what happens. Fair enough. Well, folks, that's, that's what I really wanted to play for you. And, and let's, let's break this down a little bit. All right? Let's break this down a little bit. First, he says, or lastly, he said, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Meaning, some stuff is about to happen. Some stuff is about to happen. He also says that he doesn't want to say anything out of turn because he wants to see what happens. He also says that he knows for a fact that all of these states are going to show, when it's all said and done, massive amounts of fraud. He doesn't want to say he's running in 2024. He doesn't want to say what will happen when these states show the fraud. Why? Because he doesn't want to put the horse in front of, I mean, the cart in front of the horse. He doesn't want to say anything out of turn. He doesn't want to jeopardize anything that can and probably will happen. My question to you is after hearing that interview, it, President Trump has been right about everything that he said, all the way down to raking the forest in California to stop the spread of fires. The guy was right about COVID. The guy was right about the swamp. The guy was right about who's coming over the border. The guy was right about all of the dirty politicians. The guy was right about the forest fires. The guy was right about little taxes. He was right about every single thing. And every time the left goes after him, he ends up being vindicated somehow because the truth always comes out. Do you think that he doesn't know what's going on? Do you think that he's clueless? As to what's going on, do you think that Mike Lindell and General Flynn are clueless as to what's going on? Everybody has a role to play in this. I have a role to play in this. You have a role to play in this. Mike Lindell has a role to play in this. General Michael Flynn has a role to play in this. Every single person who is interested in what is going on has a role to play in this. And it is up to you. President Trump just said it right there. It's going to, it's going to be up to we the people as to what happens when we find out that we have a fraudulent president sitting in the White House right now. President Trump said that. It's going to be up to we the people to decide what happens. He's 100% right. He's also 100% right when he's telling you what the audits are going to show. Now, I watch uh, a few people and talk to a few people who are uh, in the military currently and who know some higher-ranking people in the military and what they're telling me is that the audits are going to show, uh, the audits are a public viewing of what the military already has. Meaning that when President Trump was in there, now this isn't going back to the Q stuff, and it is, I mean, I'm not, I'm not doing that. What I'm telling you is that President Trump, the reason why he knows everything, the reason why he knows about all the fraud that's going to be uncovered, 
from what I understand, is that the military already has had monitored what happened, and what you're seeing in the audits is a public showing of what they already have in private. Now, when you put that those statements that I'm getting from people, and I'm sure you're hearing those from other people, that from other people as well, um, and then you, you you marry them with what President Trump is saying. He knows what happened, and the world is going to know what happened soon. The people are going to know what happened soon. The world is watching. The world is going to know what's happened soon, hap- or what's going to happen soon. It's pretty clear that President Trump and some very very powerful people in this country are 100 percent convinced that President Trump will be vindicated yet again when it comes to the biggest crime in the world history. It's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. And you know who's super, super mad about this? Rachel Maddow. Rachel Maddow herself is so mad at everything that's going on, at all these audits. you got Don Lemon so mad at all these audits. But Rachel Maddow is taking it to a new level. She is even more mad now than she's been in a long time. Why? Because of General Michael Flynn's brother. I'm going to play something for you real quick here. Let's see. All right. Let me bring this up on the screen for everybody. This is Rachel Maddow throwing a fit because of what just happened with General Michael Flynn's brother, which is, I believe, General Charles Flynn. Check this out. General Charles Flynn has since been put in charge of all U.S. Army forces in the Pacific, while his brother Mike is currently touring the country. And I think in the next three or four weeks that are going to that are just going to shock everybody. And frankly, everybody that's been paying attention and watching this thing, it won't be shocking. It won't be surprising. Appearing at events marketed to adherents of the QAnon conspiracy theory. Media that have been talking about these conspiracy theorist people like me. These aren't conspiracy theories. These are real things that have happened. I'm going to play the beginning of that again. General Charles Flynn has since been put in charge of all U.S. Army forces in the Pacific, while his brother Mike is currently touring the country. And I think in the next three or four weeks that are going to that are just going to shock everybody. And frankly, everybody that's been paying attention and watching this thing. It won't be shocking. It won't be surprising. Appearing at events marketed to adherents of the QAnon conspiracy theory. The media that have been talking about these conspiracy theorist people like me. These aren't conspiracy theories. These are real things that have happened. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stop that now. So, General Michael Flynn's brother, who is also a general, General Charles Flynn, was just put in charge of the entire military in the Pacific region. Think about this. So if General Michael Flynn's brother is a high-ranking general in charge of the entire military in the Pacific region, think about where the Pacific is, think about what happened on November 3rd, think about what Mike Lindell and General Flynn are exposing together, which is why we need to continue to support Mike Lindell as much as possible, because he's fighting like no other. And General Michael Flynn is saying what we're going to see over the next few weeks is going to be shocking. And you have Rachel Maddow, Don Lemon, and everybody else super, super, like, nuclear exploding. Their heads are nuclear exploding because of everything that General Michael Flynn is saying on tour with Mike Lindell. And you got President Trump, who seems so sure that the world is going to find out everything that he's been saying. 
And and then you go back to what pres- his his speech, his farewell speech when he left, and said, "I know it's going to be hard. You're going to go through some tough times in the in the future, um, but hold on, because the best is yet to come." Doesn't that make you think? Wow, we are witnessing something biblical. We are witnessing something that has never happened in the history of this country. I'm not saying that fraud has never happened in the history of this country. I'm saying that catching it on a global scale like this has never happened in history. It's truly incredible. It's truly incredible. Now, I want to show you guys, um, remember we were talking about providing hope? Providing Hope VA. I want to I want to sh- uh, shed some light on that again, real quick. I want to bring this up on the screen for you. For those who are on YouTube, I'll explain what, what we're seeing. This is providinghopeva.com. Now I'm going to be helping this guy promote um, his effort as much as I possibly can. If you did not see this on the show a few we- a couple weeks ago, I want to bring you back to speed on this. What this guy is doing is he is building. He's a 501c3 company. He is building housing. For homeless vets. If you go to providinghopeva.com, you can read all about it. You can, there's an about section, a membership, a ship um, uh, uh, section, programs, testimonials, and what this guy does is he raises money through donations and other things. And what he does is he actually holds raffles. And I'm showing this on the screen right now. He's 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 had people donate. He's had like Ford and other car companies donate vehicles. He's had people donate side by sides and four wheelers and motorcycles. And he raises as much money as he can in order to raffle this stuff off, so that he can take this money and go build homes for homeless veterans. It's truly an amazing, amazing uh, thing that he's doing. He's got testimonials. Um, we're going to have him on the show very soon. I want him to explain firsthand what he's doing. This is probably one of the most valiant efforts I've ever seen in my life to help homeless vets. I got uh, I got an uh, opportunity to talk to this guy. I got an opportunity to really dig in deep to what he's doing. And I got to tell you, he's doing God's work. It's incredible. So I urge you all to go to Providing Hope va.com check it out if it's something that you want to be involved in or help if you have military men or fa- uh, men or women in your family um, and, and, and know the struggles that they go through when they come home if you know anybody who has fought in the military who's homeless uh, steer them in this direction because not only will he build homes for these people he will help them get their this organization will help them get their own homes after they've been housed for a while. He'll help them get jobs. He'll help them get back on their feet. He'll help them get into programs that the government should be helping and assisting putting them in, but they don't. This guy's a truly amazing patriot, and I think you should really, really, really spend some time to check this guy out. Now, before we end the show today, I want to talk about Arizona, and then we're going to call Kirsten Cinema's offices, okay? Arizona House yesterday voted 31 to 29 to pass a bill requiring signature verification for all ballots. So for any mail-in ballot, any requested ballot, any absentee ballot, you have to have a signature verification in order to do that. That is what the Arizona House voted on yesterday. Now, here's the scary part. The Arizona Senate is actually scheduled to go out of session until January of 2022. Now, even though we understand, ladies and gentlemen, that they are in a very, very unique position where they're conducting this audit, and that th- these are not say, uh, these are not um, 
familiar waters that they're in, we need to make sure that we call all the legislators in Arizona, and including Doug Ducey's office. I want to read something to you right now. It says, the Arizona legislature is preparing to adjourn for the year and go home until January 2022, leaving their post before the Arizona audit is produced and legislation can be created. If the Arizona Senate does not delay sign die which is the end of session new election laws will be created until they meet again next january it is found that fraud if it is found that fraud occurred in maricopa county the legislature will not be able to consider withdrawing their electors now arizona state senator kelly townsend tweeted about this um after christina hobb with oan reported it and said that the, um, the margin of victory is 10,457. If they are missing more ballots than the margin of victory, then either fraud occurred or the election was poorly managed, and there's no way to know the actual outcome without a criminal investigation. All right? It goes on to say um, that unless Arizona Governor Doug Ducey calls a special session, legislators will go home until January and no action will be taken. All right? Senator Kelly Townsend told T. Uh, the Gateway Pundit correspondent, Jordan, she said, We normally go home in early May. However, this is not a normal year because we are still in a state of emergency and the audit is still underway. I cannot support going home under these circumstances. We saw last year that it is problematic for the legislature not to be at the table while dictates are being uh, issued. If you want to see action taken on the result of this audit before January, call your legislators in Arizona and demand that they delay, sign, die. Now, these are your state legislation and your state senators. We need to bombard them. I will put together a list over the next couple days for you guys to reach out to these people on your own, and we will bombard them with requests and demands that they do not go home. This is not the time to be leaving session when you have a major audit going on. I don't think they'll leave, but Governor Doug Ducey plays a major part in this, and he needs the Republican legislature here to put pressure on him big time, and you guys need to be that pressure. I need to be that pressure. We all need to be that pressure. Okay, so we'll work on that. I'll get those together for you. In the meantime, you guys have computers. You guys can uh, easily find out the, the, the number to call each one of these state reps and these state senators and make sure that they continue to stay doing this audit and so that they, they can pull uh, the, uh, the decertify the election and take back the electors, okay? Now, let's call Kirsten Cinema, every single one of her offices. We're going to call her Washington office, we're going to call her Phoenix office, and we're going to call her Tucson office to give her our support behind the uh, fighting the filibuster and not to federalize our elections. So, the first number, if you're listening, you can write this down and you can call yourselves, okay? 202-224-4521. 202-224-4521. This is her Washington office. Let's go ahead and call now. It's very low. Sorry for the volume. Hello, Kirsten Cinema. Thank you so very much. I should have said Senator Kirsten Cinema. Um, we hope that you get this message. This is Jeremy Harrell from Live from America, and also affiliated with Real America's Voice News. We have you on air right now, and I just want to know that let you know that there are 
thousands and thousands of people watching now and who will watch the show later and listen to the podcast who all give you our support for your dedication to not getting rid of the filibuster because it's a great balance of power in this country and we know what getting rid of the filibuster will do not only for the party that is in charge now but for the party that will be in charge in the future we want to thank you so much and we want to also um, give you our support as you face millions of dollars in attack ads this week uh, to get you to federalize the elections and get rid of the filibuster we know it's hard we know you're dealing with a lot right now and we just want to tell you as faithful um, uh, Americans to this country and to this constitution that we think you're doing an incredible job and uh, we're here for you as you go through these attacks thank you very much, God bless you and God bless your family stay strong that was her Washington office now let's call her Phoenix office, shall we? it is 602-598-7327 again, 602-598-7327 Two seven. Let's do this. And I do know that if you reach out to her, she will e- email you back. I've seen it many times. Hello, Senator Cinema. This is Jeremy Harrell from Live from America. We just want to let you know, as we have all the um, viewers watching, thousands of viewers watching now and thousands later, that we all give you our support as you are facing millions of dollars in attack ads from your very own party to get rid of the filibuster and to federalize the elections. We know it's hard. We know it's hard to stand up for what you know is right. And we just want to let you know that as Americans, loyal to the Constitution and loyal to God in heaven, that we stand behind you as you face these attack ads for doing what is right, what your people, uh, the people in your uh, state want you to do. God bless you, and thank you very much for standing up for everything. Have a great day. And now we will call her Tucson office. I don't expect anybody to answer there either, but this number is 520-639-7080. Again, 520-639-7080. Ah, well, that isn't going through. Oh, there we go. Good morning, Senator Cinema. This is Jeremy Harrell from Live from America. I've left you voicemails on your other lines as well. We just want to let you know that thousands of people support you standing up against the millions of dollars of attack ads from your own party trying to get you to cave on the filibuster and trying to get you cave on to uh, federalize the elections. We know that you are not a Republican. However, you have tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of Republicans right now who are looking at you and, uh, and, 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 and look at you uh, as, as somebody who is inspiring for standing up for what you believe and what your uh, voters in your state believe. We just want to thank you so much for your courage, and uh, you keep doing what you're doing, and we'll be here to support you no matter what. God bless you, and thank you. All right, folks, 
We said we were going to call her today, and we'll continue to call her. I know that there's reports out there that she's caved, but I don't think that's true, really. I think maybe she's being talked to. Joe Manchin has li- given his list of demands in order to, um, uh, to, to, to vote on certain things like making D.C. a 51st state and federalizing the elections. We don't know if the Democrats have accepted those demands yet. All we can do is have faith, know that God is leading us, and we need to make sure that we just keep continuing to pray and let these people know that we support them. Now I want to leave you with something very funny today. I want to leave you with a smile on your face. So let's go ahead and bring this up. This is something that somebody sent me this morning. <laughs> it is Trump GPS, ladies and gentlemen. Trump GPS. What your GPS would sound like if it was actually narrated by Donald J. Trump. Check this out. You're going to laugh at this. <laughs> In a quarter mile, you're going to make a left, okay? We're talking about a left onto Sortel Boulevard. A wonderful street. I built it with my own two hands. A beautiful street. I know a lot about it. Nobody knows Sortel like I know Sortel. You're going to make a left and... If you reach Bernie Sanders, you've gone too far left, okay? If you reach Bernie, you've gone too far. In three big, beautiful quarters of a mile, we're going to make a U-turn, okay? We're going to make a U-turn, turn around, or as Jed Psaki likes to say, we're going to circle back, okay? We're going to make the U-turn, the greatest U-turn the world has ever seen at Corpus Christi Drive, and we're going to turn it around faster than the world has ever seen. We're rerouting, or as I like to call it, lost, okay? We've got no clue where we are. We are more lost than a liberal after reading the Constitution. We're more lost than Sleepy Joe after leaving his basement. But we're going to get there soon, believe me. Oh, that's just absolutely great. That is absolutely great. Oh, man, how you got to love the Internet, right? you got to love people and what they do. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to conclude today's show. I want to thank you very much for watching Live from America. I want to ask you to please go to JeremyHarrell.com for everything, including updates, events, where we're going to be, watch old podcasts, listen to music, watch old videos, whatever you want to do, and please sign up for the newsletter and consider becoming a monthly donor here on Live from America. Remember, there are right ways and there are wrong ways. But there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall, keep your shoulders back, keep your chest out, and keep your head up high. Because you are a child of God, and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. God bless you, and I'll see you tonight, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, for more Live from America, from the Live Free or Die State of New Hampshire. See you later.